You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. I'm your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns and the NBA for SB Nation as well as Dime Magazine. Follow me on Twitter at BrendanClean14. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On PHX Suns. Back on YouTube today, continuing to uh, churn out podcasts for you this way. Hopefully, you will subscribe. We are giving away a Suns NBA Finals towel that I honestly forgot I uh, was intending to give out, but this is a perfect occasion. 100 subscribers when we get there. I'm going to pick somebody at random, give it to you. But because it is a Monday, of course, I'm joined by Brandon, as those on video can see. Um, Coming back to video, and we'll be doing this every Monday. You and I, Brandon, will be doing it on video every single day otherwise. But we're coming to everybody after a barn burner (laughs) of a summer league game. Uh, Austin Reeves winning it for the Lakers in a very low-scoring, very, very summer league type of game. We're going to talk about Jalen Smith because I think he's the headliner of all of this. Talk about what the Suns have done in free agency since the last time we talked and, and what that sort of means for this squad and uh, close the show. Probably continuing on that conversation about what maybe we could see happen next. But let's start with the man of the hour. Jalen Smith gets a start in his first summer league game. What do you uh, what, what do you think we're going to see from him this week? And, and what do you see tonight? Yeah, so it was definitely a summer league game um, with summer league offense for sure. But I did like his energy, and I thought, you know, he showed some things, some flashes that uh, reminded you why he's picked number 10 because uh, he does have a unique skill set at that size to be able to, you know, spread the floor and to run the court. Like that that breakaway dunk he had was awesome. So um, some encouraging flashes, but at the same time, it's uh, I would have liked to see him a little more involved in what they're doing. Um Obviously, it's tough to do that with any big, especially if you're more of a stretch big or like energy big like he is right now. So, uh, yeah, overall, came way impressed just with the energy and, and all that. But, yeah, the their summer league roster is pretty interesting. It, it really is. Um, it is a roster full of young players, full of non um, – I, I think Kellen Olsen of Arizona Sports had it that it's one of the only summer league rosters – that he could find dating back many, many years that didn't have a single player from the current rookie class in it, which is unique. Um, it's going to be a situation where he's going to star, I think, and and get all the opportunities that he wants. And I, I think some of that is intentional. Like, yeah, they're, they're probably trying to find some veteran contributors, guys who are a little older, who they could bring in on a two-way, bring in at the very end of the roster if they look really good here out in Vegas. But at the same time, I think it's a lot where it's it's going to give Smith the opportunity to to really get as many shots, get as many opportunities as he wants. He played 30 minutes tonight, took the final shot of the game off of an inbounds, taking a, a movement three, which you know we'll see how much of, of that they they pull out for him in the regular season. But for tonight, you know, it, it was indicative of I think what we're going to see. He also flashed some of the things that you and I talked about back during the G League bubble of, of the given um, the the grab and go stuff. Just able to really freelance a lot, you know, like dribble the ball, handle the ball, just try stuff, which is what summer league is for. What you wish he would have had last year. So, 
I, I don't think we saw anything, at least personally, I don't know about you, I don't feel like I saw anything new or surprising out of Smith, although he does look a little bigger. Uh, that That's good. That's that's relatively new, you know, so to speak. But w- what do you think we can expect from him if this sort of is his package as a player this season? Because I don't feel like we should be thinking he's going to be a playmaker all of a sudden or some three-point marksman. It seems like he's going to be maybe a little bit of a more polished and smarter version of the guy we saw coming out of Maryland. Yeah, and I think in the summer league, obviously it's his first time being in the summer league since there wasn't one last year. So there had to be some nerves there, um, even though he's more on the experienced end and, you know, just, you know, came off a finals run with the, with the Suns team that I'm sure, you know, just practicing with all the guys really matured him uh, throughout the year. So it probably wasn't too big of a leap for him to handle or anything like that. And I think just getting in the like, game flow and just getting reps is super valuable for him because, I mean, the past year uh, outside of the G League bubble, he really – he hasn't played uh, a lot of minutes. So I think it's good to just get those reps in and, and practice uh, some stuff. And like you said, he hasn't really done anything new yet. Um, I don't think we're going to expect to see anything new. It's just more of him uh, succeeding in his role. And that's kind of what I look for in the summer league. Like you don't look for guys that are, you know, dominating in, in one area that they're not going to be able to do. Like uh, for example, if someone's like a high volume scorer. Uh, in the summer league, you know, that, that same player is probably not going to get the same like workload in the NBA season. So, um, unless they I think Smith the just excelling at his role. <laughs> True. Yeah. But Smith just excelling at his role is kind of what you need to look for. And I think in the Sun system, like what he did in tonight's game is like a, uh, it'll be like a condensed version of that. So, um, overall, I was, you know, fairly impressed. But at the same time, it's, he did what he's supposed to do. Yeah. One of the things I saw a lot of, discussion about um just online and even from non-suns fans was the way that they're using him and i think it's kind of simple to say is he gonna be you know the dario Saric or is he gonna be the whatever because it's he's a different player he has a different skill set i think he's a, a really good offensive rebounder for instance that no one else except for ayton on this roster really is and i think he has a quick second jump too just how like he gets off the floor real quick so that's yeah, and if he continues to add strength, then that'll help him even more and, and just having that NBA frame that he didn't have coming out of school. So I don't think it's it's always great to use those types of comparisons, but I do wonder because the way that they're using him right now I think does frustrate some Suns fans just thinking, well, he has more to his game. We know if he's going to reach his peak, like he'll probably be a more well-rounded player than what he's being asked to be right now. But again, it like you said, it's only really year one for him if we're being honest and you don't want to ask him to do too much so if we're using like James Jones did say last week that that he expects Smith to at least get the chance to be in the rotation what do you think is a reasonable expectation based on what we're seeing from him that he is asked to do that role that that you're talking about but also understanding that look they have to fill Dario Saric's spot a little bit. We don't want to see a ton of Frank Kaminsky necessarily, both for for the future and just to to win. He's not a high ceiling type of player, whereas Smith might be. So, what do you what do you think is reasonable to expect, just with all of that in mind for Smith to hear in in year one slash two? Yeah, so it's kind of similar to DeAndre Ayton in the sense where you know you could probably do more, but I think right now you just want to focus on the basics, and I think that's the way this organization runs in general so 
just getting him to, you know, be really good at like the simple stuff first and then add stuff on later. I think that's the the correct path to go with him. Um, obviously in the summer league is a time to experiment with some stuff, but it is his first time in the summer league. And uh, I think, you know, we might see a little bit more from him in, in games like two and three and uh, maybe he gets a little more creative, but I think for the most part, you're going to see him run exactly what he would in the sun system um, as if he was playing for them, because that's what they care about. They, they care about him being ready to fill the void that they're going to need uh, with Dario's injury. And, you know, they signed JaVale McGee, so he's probably not going to be playing a ton of five. He'll probably be playing a lot of four, uh, whether that's with Aiden or McGee or, you know, with in some sort of small ball lineup possibly, uh, who knows. But, yeah, I think just getting the basics down first and realizing that every rookie, not just him, like every rookie went through the same thing this year and just kind of like you have to temper expectations a little bit. So uh, overall, I think him just excelling in his role and just trying to translate uh, – and carry that over into the season is what it's all about. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think that's fair. And it's not even, I don't think it's like making excuses for him. I think it's just the reality because even if you set aside the stuff about this season and the no summer league and no training camp, like that all does matter. But even if, even if that feels unfair to some fans that just want him to be able to play at a, at a higher level right away here, I think the other thing is like, this is a guy who was going to be a little bit, I don't want to say a project, but even if he had had that last season, I don't feel like it would have been fair to say he was going to come in and be a major rotation player for a winning team. He had things about his game in terms of his frame and some of the interesting ball handling or shooting or, you know, versatility on defense. That stuff was always going to take a bit, right? Like the, the offensive rebounding, the floor spacing, that was pretty much the raw package you were going to get. The rest of it was always going to take a bit. So I think the fact that, that we're seeing that isn't super bad and he is still producing. Like, you know, Summer League, yeah. he was clearly the, the alpha on this team and it looked good. He, he, was, he looked like he was supposed to be there. He held his own. He was the best player on the floor at times. So um, I, I don't think there's anything to be negative about at all. And I think it's going to be exciting to see what he does this week. Um, but let's kind of use that as a jumping off point to talk about a different context of, of this roster, but I think what Smith's development may be informed about how the Suns built out this roster. It's not done yet, but I think we have some clues already. So we'll get to that in just a second as we continue through free agency. But first, a quick word from Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? I mean, that's not a surprise to any of us. I've lost plenty of times. I don't think I've ever won, actually. So it's not... Um, when you think about it that way, the game really feels rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, people who literally do it for a living, who just sit on Daily Fantasy every day, win money, make a living, and they crush you. That's what they're supposed to do. So Stat Hero is there to solve that problem for you. It's the first ever Daily Fantasy Sportsbook that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. Makes sense. We're talking about Summer League. I'm in Vegas right now, and uh, it is a great idea. You name your stakes, winner take all, you have the advantage, and Stat Hero is, again, showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that in Daily Fantasy Sports. So, again, I've done all the normal companies. I've done the regular daily stuff. You put in your lineup. You think you have some edge. You read an article. Okay, nope, you lost. So, Stat Hero shows you. 
here's all you got to beat. It means you don't have to have the absolute best lineup. You just got to beat that one. It doesn't need to be the best. It doesn't need to score the absolute most points. It just needs to beat what Stat Hero shows you. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match unheard of in the industry. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, we are back here. Let's continue on the, the Jalen Smith talk a little bit, Brandon, but also pivot to some free agency because I think hearing Jones be like, he doesn't really lie when he's asked questions like that. And he said point blank, he expects Smith to potentially be part of the rotation. So I believe him. I'll take him at, at his word. And I think when you look at it that way, some of them not pursuing some of these forward and center guys that we, you know, fans and, and all of us analyzing for agency thought they might, I think it could be because of Smith. So I'll just start there before we get into the specifics of who and, and, and whether they should have or shouldn't have different guys. Do you think that that is, generally speaking, part of why they've been operating the way that they have, is that they really feel like he's a guy who could play for them next season? Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. And also, you have to realize there's not that many minutes available in the first place. So, you know, it's a two-way street, like right? Like, you need players that want to come play for you and know they're going to have a significant role. And um, I'm sure they're not going to promise anyone anything at this point with the way their roster is filled out. So... Uh, I think it's part partially that, but also like you saw the trade deadline too. So, I mean, uh, if Jalen Smith is not ready and, you know, the trade deadline's rolling around, you can always make that a move to fill in a spot there. And there's a buyout market as well. So I think he's, he's thinking big picture right now. He's not in any rush to just get some stopgap forward that, you know, is going to end up unhappy, just not playing or anything like that. So I think Smith, uh, you want you don't want to rely on him too much, but at the same time, you need him to be ready to play at least 10 to 15 minutes a game uh, by year two if you're a top 10 pick. So uh, I think that's the hope and expectation. If it doesn't work out, then you have you have some fallback options later on. Yeah, I th- it makes me feel like they'll probably it won't maybe be Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge, a couple guys who I talked about when John Gambadoro reported that it was unlikely they were going to be here. I talked about you know. I, I was disappointed. I thought they would really help the team, but I think we'll probably see them sign at least one more guy like that. But mostly I think you'll you'll see the way that James Jones was able to protect against campaign, not being ready to be the backup point guard with a guy like Etuan Moore, with a guy like Langston Galloway, with staggering Booker and Chris Paul, the, the different things that we saw the, the, the organization do last year. With that, I think we'll see this year where it's like, Smith is going to give be given every opportunity to play a small role for this team. If he can handle that and, and improve past it, great. If he can't, then there's going to be other options. Frank Kaminsky's already already one of them. You know, there's there's tons of different ways that they could go, and I think that we will see them sign at least one more big. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad way to go about things because you see some of the the contracts that were given out and. You don't want to overpay for multiple years of a player if you think Smith can be that too, right? Like there is that other side of it where you don't want to box him out of being able to play and then you're screwed because you got this big contract on your books and now your your young guys being being cut out of the rotation. We saw that with Mason Plumley in Detroit, right? Like they thought, oh, he'll be our, our sort of safety center. And then it's like, well, damn, we don't really want to 
play him. We don't really want to give him minutes. So I guess, am, how are you relative to me on the, the Aldridge Millsap thing? Did you think that those were guys that they should have gone after or, or similar Rudy Gay maybe? And what type of player do you think we will see them go after if they do add another big? Yeah, I think the market right now is just there's a lot of options that I think are just kind of waiting on both uh, other players to sign elsewhere and just kind of see where like the final dominoes fall. So I think what is it waiting on? Like Millsap, what is it waiting on? It's it's going so I, slow. The, it's so weird. It is. It, it really died down. Like it feels like all the GMs just like hey, let's just like take a week off and just kind of get back to things like next week or something. Can't blame them. It's They've pretty been working strange, for like a year straight, think, but. Yeah, maybe once like Markinen, like that situation gets resolved or something, all those like power forwards and centers will start slowly going to, to different teams like one by one. But it could be yeah, the, the sign and trade stuff, the investigations. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Maybe it's like, are these deals actually going to go through the way that they're supposed to? ESPN had it that like the Lowry and the Ball sign and trades got, you know, looked at by the league. Maybe it's that. It's like if those things fall apart in some way, then there might Ooh, be some that, differences. That would be a disaster. Yeah, would. the, I mean, the Bulls just announced theirs. We'll have to see. Yeah, that got that got yeah. rescinded. So I don't know, but, but it reminds me yeah. of the Bogdanovich. Yeah, so if that happens, it's not good for the not rest good. of the free agent class. But who do you think that? Who? What kind of guys do you think they might look at though? If if they do uh, pursue another big, oh, I'm I might just cut out there. there for a second. Sorry. No worries. I said, what what kinds of guys do you think they will look at it if they do pursue another big year? Oh, just someone that can guard bigger forwards and probably just a veteran that can play both positions. Like you don't want to box yourself in too much. So I think just keeping the versatility, um, you know, and someone like Millsap, I think would make a lot of sense for that reason. But at the same time, if he's not going to be playing a lot, then he's probably not going to want to come here. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, another name, Kevin, uh, Kevin Love and, and Thad Young, who we kind of, uh, we talked about, you know, off the record, uh, Thad Young would be a perfect fit, I think for a lot of reasons, uh, no idea if he's actually going to be a realistic option, but I would love that. And Kevin Love would be more of like a buyout guy, maybe like mid season that could just add some back end depth, uh, bring another veteran presence. But yeah, I think short term, it's going to end up just being someone that's there just in case. Yeah, totally fair. Um, I think the more that I think about the roster, the more that I feel Can you hear me? We good? Uh it's it's cutting out again. So weird. Okay. Like it looks like it's it looks like it's yeah. green on my side now. May oh yellow. Am I is it better? It's better now, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think the more that I that I look at the roster, I think I was overreacting a little bit to the need for a player like that. I was feeling like they needed, you know, in order to, to just be versatile. But I think that that leads us to the next, and I want to talk about that young. I want to talk about, you know, maybe if you have other names from not the, the forward spot that, that might still be, a potential to fill out the roster. I want to hear your Alfred Payton thoughts because it seems like that could happen. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the roster, the rotation is going to look pretty much the same. And the flexibility that you might want for this team 
A, I think they got a little bit of it with Shamit and McGee, but I also think it's going to be able to be added midseason. Like, we never thought Torrey Craig would be the answer in training camp to be able to defend, like, LeBron James in a pinch or, you know, Paul George in a pinch or players like that, and he ended up being that. And that was a fluke, right? So it's like, when you're a great team, roster building happens all season. When you're bad, which is what we're used to thinking about, you get your guys and you roll with it and you don't really make a lot of trades and stuff. But this case, in this case, I think that will happen. So um, let's, let's talk about a couple of what could be out there for them as the season rolls along, as free agency closes up. We'll talk about all that in just a second. First, though, a quick word from Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever, really the healthiest candy bar ever, is the better way to think about it. It's packed with protein, five to six grams of sugar at max, but really you're nearing 20 grams of protein with every single bar. They are all covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, delicious, delicious bars, um, eight to 10 flavors at any given time, but they're constantly rotating out, constantly trying new stuff. I saw at the store, actually, out in Vegas, they had peanut butter brownie, which I've never even heard of. I did not know that flavor existed, so try those. But you've heard me on Friday, if you listen to that show, tell you we are getting a distribution center here in Phoenix. So if you've ever thought about ordering Bilt Bar, if you've ever wondered if it's worth it, wondered how long the shipment might take, whatever it is, now is the time to act. Bilt Bar is going to build a place right here in the Valley for us to get those bars as quickly as possible. They're coming here, ingratiating themselves in our community. It's going to be cool because I love them, and it takes a while to get them sometimes because their demand is so high. They're going to be right here. You're going to get them within days. They're going to be out at events. They're going to be out at sporting events. It's going to be awesome. So I'm excited. Welcome them to the Valley by supporting them and ordering a pack by going to Built.com. That's Built.com. Using the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. It doesn't have to be your first one. If you've ordered before, feel free to dive back in. And that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's, sponsor, today's show also sponsored by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Baseball season in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Just forget the Diamondbacks. They're done. It's over. Don't worry about it anymore. Don't bet that they're going to win games. It's just going to be frustrating for you. But have fun with baseball. Bet on the teams that are actually good. Bet on the teams that are actually fun. It's all out there at BetOnline for you. Constantly updated news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. They've got MVP for both leagues. They've got playoff odds. They've got World Series odds, other awards besides MVP, everything. And it's getting to that time where that stuff starts to get decided. So find the value. Get in on the action as teams prep for their run to the pennant. Head to the website right now on betonline.ag or on their mobile app. Sign up today, and when you do, use the promo code Locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. That's promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's close out here, Brandon. Um, you mentioned Thad Young just before the break there, and I wanted to get your thoughts on him. I know he was perking the attention of a lot of Suns fans, and I think for obvious reasons, he's a great fit here. He's that versatile 4-5 guy that can defend some of these bigger players that that this roster has needed for years ever since they drafted DeAndre Ayton um so I guess I'll I'll ask I want to hear you talk about that in general but also just more specifically how you feel about the Suns being able to go out and get one of those guys as the season rolls along like is that a safe 
assumption because you talk we talked about Smith if he is or isn't ready there's going to be some flexibility but like what if you get to the deadline and like the best you can do is Rondé Hollis Jefferson you know, or one of these you know these these very fringe NBA guys that that's that's a problem so should they be banking on that and do you think Thad should be sort of priority number one so first of all Thad I'm all all board that train uh, I think it'd be a perfect fit for so many different reasons uh, like you mentioned, just his ability to play the four and five and uh, guard multiple positions would just give him that security blanket and really give him the ability to just throw out some awesome lineups, I think, just from uh, positions like three to five. You could throw out like a bunch of different combinations. That would be pretty interesting. So uh, I think that's just a, in general a very underrated, underrated player that could uh, benefit from playing on a team like Phoenix. But uh yeah, I think the Sun shouldn't bank on it, um, but at the, same, at the same time, there's always so many different free agents that are are like not free agents, uh, players that are bought out towards the deadline. So um, I think you could kind of count on there being options available, but you know who's to say that they're going to want to come to Phoenix? And that's where you know having that uh, you know biannual exception could kick in to, as a sweetener. You know you could outbid some teams. So um, I think in a way, you like keeping some of these. Uh, in, in your back pocket, these exceptions could, could end up helping them stand out among the competition when whenever these guys do become available, um, like like a Larry Nance or like a Thad Young or someone like that. Yeah, no, I think it's I, I, I don't hate the idea of having that need and knowing that you can have different ways to address it because they are going to be a destination on the buyout market, even more so than they were last season. Like last year they were because yeah. they were good, but now they've proven it, right? Like, you know, if you come here, you're going to have a genuine shot at a deep playoff run. Whereas last year, especially as early as the deadline, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this Suns thing. And, and it'll be more real this time. So I think it'll it'll have more sway. The trade market, you know, you never can really tell what will materialize, what you're going to be able to have. The Suns don't really have a ton to trade. Um, you know, they don't have their first round pick next season. Not a lot of young talent as far as guys who you actually would want to give up. They have a lot of players, but they're playing right now. So, you know, TBD and, and who those guys will be or, or what that would look like is, I think there will be options. We'll see what they are. But you're talking about the exceptions, and it made me think of another storyline that I think has emerged within this free agency, partially because of the moves they've made, but also the moves that they haven't made. And that is the money. Um, because I think not taking a fir- not taking a player with the first round pick that they had, taking a guy who is instead effectively an expiring contract in Landry Shamit with the trade, getting off of Javon Carter, whose contract extended past next season, um, even the way that they constructed the deals of the guys they did sign, Chris Paul and, and Cameron Payne both have descending contracts, so how how are you balancing those two? Yeah, I think it's a pretty fine line as far as just balancing the success with what they've done this offseason. I think uh, just bringing everyone back was like the main objective, and they did that. Um, adding a backup center that could give them some size was pretty high on the priority list too, just with how much they depended on DeAndre uh, down the stretch and uh, some of the heavy minutes he was getting. So I think checking that box, adding more shooting, someone that's a proven rotation guy like uh, Landry Shamit, uh also was going to help the rotation. But uh, at the same time, I think there were some Suns fans that had some pretty high expectations that were probably a little bit unrealistic. 
uh, for the most part. It's it's like, oh, now that we made the finals, like we're going to get, you know, the Laker treatment where everyone just wants scrambles here on the minimum. And that's just not, it's not going to happen, especially because with the Lakers, they had so many like rotation spots that were open and, um, you know, obviously just, it's a different market. So I think there's a lot of variables that were thrown in, but overall, I think, uh, they're, they're going to be fine. They brought back all their key guys and they, their 10 man rotation is uh, fairly set and that's excluding Jalen Smith. So um, anything they do beyond this point is just a bonus. Um, and we'll just have to see how, what they do at the trade deadline as well. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, I think that's the, the, the two big things that I'm going to look for is, well, I guess it's not even going to be to look for, but you're right to say that the rotation was a big part. The fact that the Lakers could look at Malik Monk, for instance, who I'm sure Suns fans would have loved to get as like a flyer scorer of who, who wouldn't, but they could say like, you're going to play 20 to 30 minutes and we need you. We need what you do because we're not going to be as good without you. Whereas the Suns, it's like, you know, we'll see what happens. Like you might get the Langston Galloway role where you don't play some nights and like, that's not appealing to 24 year old Malik Munker or whatever age he is. So just as an example. So I think that's a big part that has to be considered. And then as far as what I'm looking for to return back to your point earlier in the buyout market idea is the, the biannual exception, these other mechanisms, depending on what they do with the remainder of their mid-level exception, are they going to spend the, are they saving those so they can use them later or are they saving those because they don't want to spend the money? And that'll be, you know, answered in the coming days and, and potentially months. And I don't think we can know right now um, because it's the same thing as I remember saying the same when, for instance, they signed one two-way player the first year that two ways came out. And it's like, oh, nice. They'll be able to get whoever they want with the other one. And then they don't actually use it. And then they cut the guy who they had on the first one and they didn't have any two-way players by the end of the season. So it's like, We've seen this before where it seems like they're setting themselves up to take advantage of something and and then they don't end up doing that. So I don't even mean to end it on a negative note because I think the main thing is the rotation is set. They're running it back. They have a great team. They have depth. They have so much good talent that they don't need players urgently to come in and contribute. But I also think it's fair to wonder, like, did they do every single thing that they could do to be ready for every situation come playoff time? Yeah, and I don't know. If, I don't know if they did. That's that's definitely a fair question. And I think uh, one thing that's important to like note for like all of our listeners is that right now we're looking at like an incomplete puzzle. Like there's a lot of pieces yeah. that still have to fall. So there's a lot of context that one move they make could totally change the tune. I think for both of us on that. Um, yeah, I think just right now we just kind of have to trust the process. Uh, sorry, Philly fans, but, but yeah, I think. Uh, there's still a lot more offseason left. There's still something they could do to solidify the rotation right now. If not, um, hopefully they use those exceptions later on to their advantage, because if they don't, it would just be a, a waste. And, um, you know, for a team that doesn't have a G league or two way spots, you know, if you're not going to invest in the youth, at least uh, use those exceptions while you can and try to make your team the best it can be. And I think James Jones will, he's a executive of the year for a reason. So uh, I think we just got to, sit back and trust him. It, it feels weird to say that as a Suns fan, just trust the GM. Uh, but I think he's, he's proven it. Yeah. You could say that. No, but he's, he has proved it. That's the thing is like, if you use that Tory Craig example, it's like they 
waited, they were patient, and then they jumped on something when it materialized. And I think you can at least be sure he's going to do that. The Landry Shamit thing's a great example. Nobody was talking about Landry Shamit being available. And then all of a sudden, you know, we can talk about the money part of that trade, but as a player, I think he's a really great fit. So they waited for that and, and it worked out. And so I think that he'll be ready to make a decision like that if and when it comes. You know, I just think like I'm also remembering the Damian Jones thing where it's like, oh, they'll find his replacement on the buyout market. Look at all the centers who always get bought out. And then the musical chairs stopped and then they didn't get one. So it is it's a dangerous game to play. They don't need to find a great player on the buyout market or in the trade market or between now and training camp on the free agent scrap heap. But it would be better if they did. So we'll just have to see. You're right. It, it one one move can change things. It comes back to free agencies taking way too long. Um, I just want it to be over. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good place to end. Any last thoughts, any wild predictions of what that move might be? Guys, you want to see them fill out this roster with before we close things up? Uh, nothing wild. I think it's going to be, I mean, Thad Young to me is just the perfect fit. I'm just going to keep preaching that until he either gets traded somewhere else or the Suns just like sign someone else. So uh, Thad Young to Phoenix, uh, start Tyshawn Alexander, please. And yeah, please. Very weird. Um, that also relies on the Spurs making more than one trade every like three or four years. So can't say I'm super optimistic, but I agree he'd be a great fit. A player like that is, I think, the missing piece here that we will see happen at some point. Um, but that'll close us off for the day. Subscribe to Locked On Suns on YouTube if you have not already. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, of course. We're going every single day, at least through August. I haven't decided if I can make it stretch out all the way through training camp five days a week. We might cut. We might not. I'll see. But we're not going anywhere for the time being. And uh, enjoy your Monday, folks. We'll be back tomorrow.